Oh, look, there it is. We're here. We're live. Miami Total Football Radio. I don't know if we can call it radio anymore since it's now, I don't know, TV. I don't know if it's show. I don't know what we call it streaming. Anyway, it's myself, Franco Penizo, and Jose Armando here in the house. I know there's already been some requests for Ajisita, a.k.a. Andrea Yanis, <laughs> but she's, uh, she's missing in action for this one. This is our, our test run, so bear with us as we work through this. Um, I actually had some lighting issues here, but uh, my background doesn't look as nice as Hulse's, but uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. I need the pink I, I feel like I have to explain my background, so give me a minute when you're ready. No, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. No, because I know people are going to start thinking I'm you know, a fan of every single you know, scarf I have behind me, but... The story is, you know, every single scarf that's behind me, I've been getting throughout our career here in South Florida. Some, some, I think, yeah, all of them in South Florida. You know, when Miami FC days, the Strikers days, when Real Madrid comes over, when Bayern comes over. Uh, I think there's a couple of CONCACAF, yes. Oh, and Oakland Roots. There's MLS no Inter-Miami, though, brother. There's no Inter-Miami. They don't give us. They, I mean, it makes sense for Inter-Miami not to give out scarves, but, you know. I guess I, I need one. I need one so that I can add it to that collection. So that's the sure, story. I'm pretty sure Inter Miami gave us a La Palma jersey in 2021. Jersey, yes. But jersey you see jerseys there, behind me? I've got a jersey back here. You see jerseys behind me? No, there's, there's no jerseys behind me. Nah. So, well, but guys, that's, that's give, the story. Give, give Hosea some story. stick. Give Hosea some stick because I see Miami FC. I see Miami City. But I don't Miami see Inter-Miami. The is an Strikers. There's the focus. Strikers as well. There's the Strikers as well. I do see those Strikers. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a South Florida guy, so, you know. That's why. There's no Miami United scarf. Miami Fusion. The old and the new. So, there, there are quite a few... Um, <laughs> quite a few scarves missing over there. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And it begins. The first ever... Comment on Miami Total Football Radio, the show. <laughs> I knew uh, it. I knew it. Jose being a Miami FC fan, which that's why cool. I needed to explain things. You know, first thing I did in the video pod, I needed to explain things. So there you go. There you Jose have does, the explanation. Jose Please does make sure a, we get a clip of this. Absolutely, Jose does have a cool background. I will absolutely acknowledge that. Jose is ready for this. I, this is all new to me. I yeah. was I was a writer that trans, transitioned into doing podcasting. Was now trying to do some videos. So bear with me. Uh, as I as I get my feet under me, this is my preseason here, um, but we've got plenty to talk about, like we do every week, and like we do on the podcast. We're going to talk, of course, mostly about Wednesday night's match between Inter Miami and Orlando City, the two Florida rivals. It's a big match. Uh, Inter Miami's on a roll now, a little bit of a roll, gaining some momentum, gaining some rhythm in a knockout round game against the arch rival. Which there's some backstory to that if you want to throwing what happened with the fans uh, in recent days. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the matchup. Of course, we'll talk about some of the recent signings that were officially made, as well as, of course, one of the biggest talking points, which is Jordi Alba and his availability. We'll have some, some uh, pieces from today's press conference to share with you guys and share our thoughts as to whether Jordi Alba partakes in tomorrow's game. So, Jose... I mean, where, where do you want to begin? Where would you like to start this? Should we start with Messi? Should we start, where should we start this Miami Total Football Radio TV show or show? Uh, I um, yeah, I think we can start. You know, Messi is always a good start. Yeah, I think, you know, in the last few days, 
we kind of I don't I don't want to say we go we went back to normal, you know, in terms of the media attention because there's still more people around, but it seems like you know we're getting closer to what it is going to be like, you know, because Orlando City is is not that big a matchup outside of Florida, outside of the MLS landscape. And most of the people that were covering the team before, you know, they came over because of Messi and, you know, the first couple of games. But now it seems like, you know, we're getting ready to the you know, to, to what it's going to be like for the next few months until the season is over. Who knows what's going to happen next year? But um, I don't know. Yeah, I think we, we should start with Messi. Actually, let's start with the match, and then we'll dive into Messi because Messi's obviously the the star of the show. All right, let's let's talk about the game. The game is at eight p.m. That was announced on Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. the 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 kickoff time was officially announced on Monday night. Um, so eight p.m. kickoff at Drive Tank Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Inter Miami hosts Orlando City in what I dub the Sunshine Clasico, El Clasico del Sol. Now, I have another one. What do you have? El Clasico, El Clasico del Turnpike. El Clásico del Turnpike. Bro, Turnpike goes all the way up to, to New yes. Jersey and New York. Yeah, I, I didn't beyond. say it was perfect or it was great. <laughs> I just I just have another one. That's it. There are several know, versions. I don't know if I like that one. I mean, we should – how do you do the banner thing here, Jose, that you were teaching me? We should throw it up there for, <laughs> for the people to, to comment on. I don't know if I like it. I mean, Turnpike can be for anything. You go to Georgia on the Turnpike and North Carolina on the Turnpike. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking. Okay, let's Nonsense. scratch it. Scratch it. Scratch um, it. But no, but focusing on the game, I mean, before we get into the individuals, which we'll start with this guy, I gotta get used to this, this guy right here. We'll get there in a second. Is Inter Miami the favorite going into this one? I mean, they're at home and they're on a roll now, uh, right? Are they, are they the favorite? Question, I, think it's a, a, I think it's a fair question to yeah. ask at this point, right? Because Inter Miami's not used to being the favorite in almost any match this season. And yet, after a 4-0 win against Atlanta United and then a, a Two to one victory over Cruz Azul to start the tournament, and they're I mean, looking pretty good right now. I think they're looking good. I think you know it's going to take some time for MLS teams to figure out how to defend Inter Miami, and that's the one thing that makes me think they are favorites for tomorrow. Although you know we shouldn't be impressed if Oscar Pareja finds a way because he's he's a very good coach. I like him a lot. Um I don't know if you do, but I think he's a very good coach. I think he's a good coach, a good MLS so, coach. So yeah, so um I think I don't think they are overwhelming uh favorites, mm-hmm. but I think they are for favorites tomorrow, especially playing at home. Obviously the weather's not going to be that big a factor, you know, because Orlando they they are used to the heat. So but, but, I, but I do agree that, you know, they are favorites for tomorrow. I would agree. I think, you know, that they are – they go into this one with some momentum. They'll be the team that, you know, because they're at home, because they'll have the home crowd behind, they'll be looking to dictate the tempo, put the game on on their terms, especially with Messi and Busquets, which will lead to some interesting tactical wrinkles. I'm, I'm very curious to see how Oscar Pareja approaches this game. Um, is he going to – have Orlando sit off. He's going to have them press. I mean, Atlanta United tried to press at times, and they, and they got killed. Um, but they also let uh, Sergio Busquets operate from the midfield with yeah. little pressure. I mean, I, I imagine that changes tomorrow. I, I think Orlando City will try to cut off the supply line for Messi. You know, we, we talked to a few players today at practice, uh, David Ruiz and Sergio Christoph, and we talked about 
um, their roles and responsibilities with the ball and how they will try to build out and is finding Busquets, you know, the, you know, option A, option one. Um, and they said that there are, there are other ways to get the ball forward and to, to find Messi and things of that nature. But practice is one thing, in games another thing. So be curious yeah. to see how it works. I definitely, definitely don't see Sergio Busquets having as much time on the ball uh, tomorrow as yeah. he did against Atlanta. I mean, I, I think you agree with me based on your. Uh, yeah, your I, I think that's. I think that's where you start. You know, if you want to stop Inter Miami, you don't think about Messi first. You have to think about Busquets because Busquets is, is that connection between the back line and the forwards. He's he's the main guy. You know, Dixon Arroyo, I remember we had the conversation when he just signed with the team and I told you I don't like him with the ball. I don't think he's very good with the ball. Um, I think he's, he's a, a very good defender. He can do a lot of things. He can cover a lot of ground, but he's not very good with the ball. Well... Obviously, Sergio Busquets is very good with the ball. And uh, I, I think that's where you start. I, I would say this. I think it's going to be important for Inter Miami to take an early lead. If not early, I, I think it would be, it would be um, very important for Inter Miami to at least have the lead by halftime. Because if we get to the point where it's the 70th minute mark and we're still scoreless or tied, then I think, you know, things might change. And, and I will say if Messi's tired, if Busquets is tired and Orlando City, they're doing just fine physically within the game, which they should should be better physically than Messi and Busquets then they might have an advantage at that point. So that's an interesting point. Because I feel like you've said that and people who have listened to the podcast will probably have heard you say at some point or another that you think the key to the game is in your mind scoring early. I've heard that from you before. But I, I agree with the overall analysis that the longer the game goes on, the more favorable it is for Orlando City, right? Because then, you know, you're going to get messy. He's going to get fatigued. He's going to get tired at some point. Busquets is as well. Um, and then the nerves start to creep in a little bit more the, the longer the game goes on and it's zero zero. So I think Inter Miami is going to have the ball. They're going to have the no pun intended lion's share of possession, and it's just about being as clinical and as good with the ball as they have been uh, since Messi and Busquets stepped onto the field for the first time. If they can knock the ball around, if they can circulate, if they can create chances, I think you know Inter Miami will have a great night, another fun festive night at drag pink stadium that the fans will love especially against the arch rivals so uh if the game doesn't play out that way if orlando city is able to stifle inter miami's attack and, and keep Messi at bay and limit how many touches busquets gets on the ball cleanly and without pressure then it could be a tougher match for inter Miami. and then that's when uh tata martino will probably have to make some adjustments i'm very curious to see the tactical matchup tomorrow it's a battle of of two uh, smart head coaches in Major League Soccer, two guys who are very tactically astute. I think I would give Tata the edge over Oscar Pareja. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm – I guess that's not, a, you know, going out on a limb or anything there. But um, curious to see how, how it all plays out. Uh, Inter-Miami, again, it, it's a different role for them. It's a different type of scenario than they've had. And I'm curious to see how some of the younger players who are likely to, to take part in the game do with that responsibility and do with that role.
Yeah, you know the one the one concern for me is that you know once Messi and Busquets are not as effective, then you know you don't have a lot of options if you're Tata Martino. So you basically have to plan a a sixty minute game where you have to you have to find a way to take the lead, and then rely on you know David Ruiz and you know some other defensive players that might be able to come on. Victor Ulloa, we saw him coming on in the last game. He did. So uh, you're going to have to rely on those guys to to close things out. I think you're if you're into Miami right now, you, you need to find a closer. You need to find a way to finish the game once you have the lead. So I don't know if they're going to if if that's that's as easy as as we're saying it right now. You know, it's hard because it's an, an elimination game and um I'm sure Orlando, you know, they have the motivation to to win against Messi, which, by the way, is something that, you know, I think I, I, at least I didn't get uh, the sense of, okay, so Atlanta United came over and it did seem like it was just a regular game for them. And and I honestly thought I was one of the people that thought, well, every MLS team or any team from any league will come and play Inter-Miami and they will want to win that game. And to me, that it was very surprising that Gonzalo Pineda and his players, they were just you know, careless at times. So I don't expect that from Orlando. Well, I mean, how did Orlando City even get to this point, right? How did this game come about? Because they advanced off of a stoppage time goal, a last-minute goal uh, of their own in the in the last round, and it came from a Peruvian. <laughs> uh, uh, Wilder Cartagena, you know, uh, scoring a... a a rare goal for him, but uh, a big goal for him. And, you know, scenes were uh, electric at uh, Exploria Stadium. Um, and, you know, they'll come in feeling good about, about themselves and, and their chances. They're going to look to play spoiler. Uh, I'm not sure how many Orlando City fans are, are making the trip down. Hopefully, hopefully, if there are some, you know, it just stays to on the field and, um, you know, the chanting and the, uh, the banter back and forth because obviously there was an incident not too long ago in which you know Vice City, one of the Inter Miami supporters groups, had their Vice City slash Leo Messi Bienvenida uh, mural painted over with purple paint. Now everyone assumes, maybe rightfully or not rightfully, so but everyone assumes that it was Orlando City fans because of the color. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, soccer rivalry. Orlando City fans have since. At, at first, you saw some people saying, well, how do you know it was us? You know, there's no one, there's nothing that says it was us, blah, blah, blah. But now you've seen some shirts come out, I think today, of like Vice City's logo and some purple paint over it, like, you know, mimicking what we saw on that mural, which was fixed and was repaired, thankfully for uh, Vice City, because obviously, you know, don't want to see a nice mural get yeah. destroyed and defaced by painting. Like, I get putting a sticker on something like, you know, trying to be like, all right, this is, you know, we were here type of thing, but to like put paint and try to, um, you know, vandalize it. I, I think that's, that's a, a step too far. Now, of course, there's no video saying it was an Orlando city fan. There's no way for us to prove it was an Orlando city fan, but I mean, that's what all fingers would point to at this point. But anyway, it's not, uh, it's not that unusual though. I've seen worse things like all over the world. I think we've seen worst. But, you know, I think if this really is a rivalry for 
Orlando City fans, they they would travel. I think that's that's a big test tomorrow. Because if you really think about it, you know, international competition, elimination game, you know, I get it. You know, Open Cup at times, it's, it's, it's a hard sell. Um, the league, MLS, talking about MLS, they don't, they don't like the tournament a lot. So they don't, you know, put as much, they don't want to put as much attention into it. So this is different. And this is an international competition. A spot in, in the CONCACAF Champions League is on the line. It's, it's a three-hour drive. You're playing against Messi and Busquets. If you don't travel for this game, then I don't know if we can call this a rivalry, to be honest. It's a midweek match, though. It's tough, man. People work the next day. But I imagine there will be some people that are going to make the drive down, especially to see Messi uh, and try to be... Again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, 10,000 fans should come. I'm not saying 10,000 fans, which it could happen in some other place. But I think if, if this is a rivalry, uh, I need to see a lot of purple tomorrow. If not, then. But how much is a little? Hold on, hold on. on. See, see, see. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to play nice here because you know it's it's our first time doing video, Jose, and I'm trying (laughs) not come at you. But what is not a lot of? What does a lot of fans mean on a Wednesday night? What what does that mean? What is a lot? I I would say over over two thousand, over two thousand Orlando City fans need to show up tomorrow. All right, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to sitting next to you in the press box tomorrow and seeing you count one, two, three. I want to see you count this all out loud because I don't know how you're going to just guess if there's two thousand people or not. Orlando City. No, I mean we can take a healthy guess. I mean, now that we have co- live comments, so next next Thursday when we're back on, we'll ask people and then, you know, we'll make a decision on whether there were 2000. I doubt it. To be honest, I doubt it. But I, I would say that's that's a number they need to move over the, the 2000 fans mark to to make me believe at least that, you know, this is a rivalry. If not, then it's just social media and you know, that that makes that makes nothing. It doesn't move the needle for me. Jose, listen. If this was that's is probably the one negative about this game is that it's midweek. Because if it was on the weekend and Orlando fans could plan for it and could make the drive down um, and plan a whole weekend around it, then I think you get a much bigger turnout and it's a much bigger spectacle. I don't um, know, Franco. I've seen you travel from Miami to South America to watch the Peruvian national team. That's me, though. That's me. That's me. Right. And I, well, and I, so play, I'm I play saying, everything around If that. this is a rivalry in Orlando City, if they do have fans that care about this rivalry, then I'm guessing, you know, how, how many people can Exploria, I think in Exploria, is it 25,000 on Exploria? Is that the capacity? I think a little so, less. Well, so around there. out of the entire pool of Orlando City fans, I would say you just need to find me. 2,000 2, 2, 2, Franco Panizos and have them travel. <laughs> That's it. I mean, if you have more than 25,000 fans, then I think you can do that. I don't expect 2,000 Orlando City fans. No, I don't. I don't. But they should. If it's a rivalry and if it's a solid fan base, then I, I mean, think... Listen, 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 listen. There's going to be criticism. I would think... I would think they have a Miami fans... It's just hard to Miami fans will travel to Orlando if Messi was playing for Orlando City. It's a whole different... That's a whole different talking point, though. That's a whole different talking point. Well, I'm just saying. They need to travel. I think they will. three hours. Three hours. Three hours, right. 
each way, so six hours. Oh, obviously. It's, it's a week. It's a weeknight. Just trying to find excuses, and I don't know. I'm not trying to find excuses. I'm just telling you. I don't think you can ex- realistically expect 2,000 Orlando City fans tomorrow. If hey, if if they turned up with 2,000, that'd make for a, a great atmosphere, an even better atmosphere. But I don't think that that's realistic. So, well, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. We'll agree to disagree. We'll Maybe we'll, we'll ask see. the people what they think. You think 2,000 is a realistic number for Orlando City to? Has Orlando City ever had 2,000 people at? A drive pink stadium at a game for well this is different this is different again international competition elimination game messy i mean that's enough man i would travel i would travel if it's three hours i mean i would travel i would travel there's no doubt about it no doubt in my mind there's definitely diehard fans there's definitely fanaticos yes but i don't think that they're yet the Conflict. You don't think Orlando City, you don't think they don't have 2,000 diehard fans that would travel? I think they have diehard fans. I just don't know if on a midweek game, you're going to be able to get that turnout. Stop anyway. finding excuses. Stop let's finding go, let's excuses. go, let's, let's get back to the field. Let's get back to the field. Yes. Uh, we'll start with Messi. We'll start with, I keep doing it wrong. It's this guy. <laughs> I'm going to get the pink jersey. I'm going to put it over here, but I'm, I still haven't been able to find the authentic pink one. Um, in the appropriate size for the wall. So that might be a while. But anyway, um, can we expect him to stay playing at this high level where he's scoring goals, dishing out assists, setting up Robert Taylor? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, can we? is that what we can expect from Messi uh, tomorrow? He's had another few days to get his legs under him, to get even more fit. You know, last, last week we saw a very rare sighting, and I wish I would have uh, uploaded the video here. For, for us to see or for us to show of, of him asking for the substitution. It's, it's, it's rare. Now we get it. He's coming from vacation. Um, he's been on break. He's even played. And he's played a good bit, but he's not there yet. He's not 90 minutes fit. So can we expect him to dominate proceedings like we've seen in the first game and change? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's messy. Yeah, you, you, need, you need to expect that from him. You know, there's a reason why... He won the World Cup. He's the best player in the world. Yes. I mean, we, we should expect him to dominate Orlando City. Now, you know, he's, he's every, every now and then he's going to have a, a, a bad game. You know, it's going to happen. If, if that happens tomorrow, then so be it. But, you know, the expectation should always be for him to be successful every single time he steps on an MLS pitch. So uh, I wouldn't ex- expect anything less. And um, I haven't seen anything from... Orlando City that would lead me to believe that they can stop him, you know. So going back to my to what I said earlier, if Oscar Pareja finds a way to do it, then all credit to him. Um, but I I would expect Messi to dominate tomorrow. Again and, and and again, let me say this one more time. I think the game for Inter Miami tomorrow is not ninety minutes; it's sixty minutes. They need to win it in sixty minutes. Listen, I'm not. I I would expect I would put more money on Messi having a good game than having an off night. But I think Osamari has gonna. He's not gonna have the same game plan that Gonzalo Pineda had, which was a disaster, right? You you put a lot of it down to coaching when we did the podcast last week, and you were very concerned about the defending and just the overall approach. I don't think Messi's going to be given the same type of space. I don't think Busquets is going to be given the same. Type of space and then I think this is what I think Orlando City is going to do is going to try to make the other pieces beat Inter Miami 
right? Like try to have Robert Taylor beat you. Have Joseph Martinez try to beat you. And listen, Joseph Martinez has history with uh, with Orlando City, which we'll we'll touch on in a moment. But I think Orlando City is going to do whatever they can. Now, doesn't listen? You can plan to try to stop Messi, and you might still not be able to stop Messi. But I think Oscar Pareja is astute enough to realize what his limitations are. You know, there's a little more footage now as to how Inter Miami plays with both Messi and Busquets. So there's a little more to, to plan for and prepare for and to analyze, observe, and study. I could see Orlando City coming out with a very smart game plan. It's up to Messi, it's up to Busquets, and the rest of the starting lineup to you know, put the game on their terms and make sure that they take full advantage of the opportunities in front of them, the chances that they have. If they start struggling, if they start missing some passes and the frustration starts to settle in, then I think that might turn the tide for Orlando. But if Inter Miami can play and knock the ball around and have that same type of confidence that we've seen from them in, in this game and change that Messi and Busquets have been on the field, then I think that they will they can run away with this one. I think they could win this one big, but it's a matter of I don't know. Losing. Can they win it big? I don't Why know not? if they can win it big, man. Why not? Because I think. I mean, wait, wait, hold on. Let, let me ask you this: what, what type of game plan do you expect from Orlando City? Right? Do you expect them to sit back, like give give Inter Miami the ball? I don't expect Orlando City no. to come out to, blow for blow, two a two. No, I don't see them trying to go punch for punch with with Inter Miami. Right? Mm, like, I I wouldn't say. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. I think I think they're they're, they're going to be here to play the game. You know, they're going to want to play the game. My concern is that they don't have enough to stop Messi. They just don't have enough. And um, again, this is a situation where, you know, I would feel a lot more comfortable if Tata finally decides to play Campana and not Joseph. But I don't think that's, that's that, that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. That's uh, I, I, I understand that. But I... I think Orlando, they're going to come here and play the game. You know, if they lay back and, you know, that's that's only that's running into trouble because that means Messi's going to have the ball a lot more. So I think they're going to try to defend with the ball. I, I don't know if there would be concern about, about winning the possession battle because I think that's going to be something very hard to do against Inter Miami since, you know, they're playing uh, a very Barca like tiki taka type of, uh, of uh, football. So, I think Inter Miami will most likely win the possession battle, but they want to keep them. Uh, Orlando wants to keep them as far as possible from the box. So I think they're going to play their game. I, I trust Pareja, but I, I don't. I ju- that's why I don't see it. You know, I don't see Inter Miami winning this game easily. I think it's going to be it's going to be tight. I would disagree with you. I can't see them coming out trying to to try to. I mean, you're not saying they're going blow for blow, but just try to at least play a bit. I just don't see that, man. I don't see that because then that leaves in the spaces behind uh, and the spaces. They don't have pace. Inter Miami, they don't have pace at all. But it's I still mean, leaves, you can leave all the space behind, and that doesn't matter because you're not behind. Did you not, did you not see the goal? Did you not see Messi's first goal against Atlanta United? Come did you forget on, about man. that one? That's that's a rarity. That's that's not a rarity. If you come out and look to play and try to, you know, you, how do some people? Uh, label it the line of confrontation right if you have your team and your block higher up the field that leaves spaces in behind that's just natural i can't see them playing that way you, i could hear you say maybe they play in a mid block okay but i'm not saying they're going to park the bus outright 
but I don't see them trying to go toe to toe with Inter Miami. I think they will let Inter Miami have the ball and try to stay compact and organized. And then when they win the ball back, try to hit on the counter, try to win on set pieces. Inter Miami's not very good at defending set pieces. So, I mean, that could absolutely be the game plan. Just stay compact, stay organized, stay in your shape, and let's be opportunistic at the other end. I can see that being Orlando City. Do game. you think? Yeah, let's park the bus. That does not mean they're going to sit there and just have 11 men hanging off the crossbar. Would you give Messi the ball? Like, would you be okay by saying, okay, I'm just going to lay back and I'm going to leave Messi the ball? Would you do that? Do you think that's that's a smart think, decision to, to give Messi the ball and have him make decisions and you just wait for him, you know, if it works, it it, it works. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, I don't, I just it's crazy to me to think that I'm I'm gonna try to win a game and I'm gonna give Messi the ball. I just it's hard for me to figure, figure that out. Yes, Messi's capable of creating magic one on one, one on three. But numerically, from a numerical advantage standpoint, would you rather have more numbers around Messi or less numbers around Messi? You'd rather have more, right? That gives you a better chance of stopping him or slowing down at least. I would rather I keep it, the ball I, away from him. <laughs> I think I th – yeah, but it, by doing that, you risk leaving spaces in behind if he does get it. I think they're going to play defensive. I think there will be a defensive-minded game plan. Again, that does not mean there's parking bus. Just make that clear. But I think that they will be defensive-minded tomorrow. And I think All right. that, that, that gives Messi, yes. If Messi's as brilliant as we know he can be, Inter-Miami wins this one easily. And if Inter-Miami struggles, they can't find the spaces or the other teammates can't find the openings and, or they can't capitalize and they can't finish, then I think then you could be in trouble if you're Inter-Miami. Well, uh, let me tell you, League's Cup really likes your idea. They're going to get a lot of highlights. They're going to get... Inter Miami moving on to the next round. <laughs> they're going to be very happy. So they're expecting that Oscar Pareja is listening to this and writing notes about your ideas. Because if <laughs> they do it, if they do it, they are eliminated. I have no doubt in my mind. They need I mean, to the, play the game. They need to play the game. If they get blown out 4-0, then that, that's a wise. I mean, if if you if you go out with that mentality and Messi scores two in the first 20 minutes, then what? Then you become an aggressive team. Then you go out and try to score against Miami. Jose, Jose, we're already gonna have <laughs> we're gonna, we're already going to have our first back and forth here. <laughs> the game plan isn't going to be all right. We're going to put the fan and then Messi scores two. Well, like that's obviously not the point. That's not the point of the game plan. The game no, plan but that could happen if you could give him happen. The ball. Sure, it could happen. Or give him the ball. That's most likely going to happen. Or the opposite could happen that they don't score. Right, like it's messy against an MLS team. Jose, Jose, listen. I liked his game. I like. I love the first game. I gave him a nine and a half out of ten on Miami total football substack against Cruz Azul for his thirty-six minute cameo and such, or forty-one if you want to count the stoppage time. Did he have? Did he have many clear-cut chances to score in the first game? Yes, against Cruz Azul. Did Messi have a lot of clear-cut chances to score? No, but he did create a lot for the rest of the team. He played him. He played in some good through balls. He yes. Yeah. But and that's my point. So if the team doesn't capitalize, you know, if the team can't make the most of the magic he can provide, big if. But that's what Orlando. I think that's what Orlando City is going to bank on is force the other players to beat you. Don't let Messi beat you. 
And yeah, but what he, if he scores? What if it doesn't work in the first half an hour? Well, then, then, then you then change. The game plan didn't work. Then the game plan didn't work. So you gave the game away without trying. That's, like, I could say the same thing about the other way, right? If they come out and attack, and because they came out and attack, they left spaces in behind, and then... Then you continue scored. to attack. They score yes, on you, you continue to attack. You have the same mentality. Yes, he scores setup. a hat-trick in 15 minutes, and then what? Then You, you continue to attack. Jose, listen, it's listen. a lot easier to have one goal to win the game, be aggressive from the get-go. If they score on you, you keep it the same. If you're defensive-minded and they score on you in the first 15 minutes, then you have to change the whole thing to find a way to become an aggressive team. Jose, I get like your philosophical. I, I get your philosophical foundation and base, and you think teams should attack, and I agree with you. But if you're putting yourself in Oscar Pareja's shoes, I don't see them coming out and attacking at Drive Pink Stadium with La Familia in attendance, pushing the team. Come on, on. I just come don't on. see that. I don't see that. I don't. It's see that not happening. Shakhtar Donetsk. I mean, Drive Pink Stadium and La Familia, it's not that. I mean, it's it's an MLS stadium. It's not that big a deal. There's that. not that much pressure. You still get pushed on by the home crowd. You still like you still feel that on the field. You still have that those momentum that momentum going in your favor. I, listen, we'll see. We'll see how the game goes tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm willing to bet that they don't come out to try to play to blow for blow. But let's let's see it what happens. Now let's talk about one player because we've seen him. He arrived. Jordi Alba is officially in South Florida. He has officially trained with Inter Miami. We got to see a piece of him today in yeah. practice in a very fun but interesting 15 minutes of practice that were open to the media with some handball slash water polo on grass. Um, you know, the team was having fun with it. I imagine it was to, to you know, let loose, um, keep spirits high and, and fun uh, on a positive since they're not going to have all that much time to prepare for the opponent in terms of on the field. So it's just keeping uh, keeping the legs going, but also keeping the spirits high. I mean, that's that's what I took away from from what we saw today. I don't know if you have any other point or uh, anything else you want to add. Probably mentioned David Ruiz's goal because he's Honduran like you. But... <laughs> <laughs> I got I got I got it on video. That, that was the best part. <laughs> I saw your tweet. That's why I brought it up. So yeah, I got it on video. So go to my Twitter and watch it. It's golazo. Um, you know, I thought it was just way to relax. You know, what we saw, it was not concerning, but, you know, I don't like those type of uh, uh, of training sessions. You know, I like to see intensity. I like to see coaches yelling. I like to see uh, players running up and down. As much as it's nice to see them smiling and being happy and enjoying practice, I like to see the grind, and I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But I'm not saying that it, that didn't happen because obviously we're only allowed to watch the first 15 minutes. So um, I just thought it was okay. You know, I saw Messi. You know, I, I didn't see him with the same energy that that I saw him in previous training sessions that we have been allowed to watch. You think that so, was because of the drill, or do you think something else? Ah. Uh, I think he was grabbing, you know, his abductor. So I don't know if there's something with it. We've seen that. About that, we did get a question about that here a few times. Let me see if I can pull it up. Sorry, continue. Yeah, we we've seen that before throughout his career. You know, it's something that happens with him, and you know, usually he doesn't make a big deal of it. 
So I'm not that concerned. I think he'll play. But I just didn't like the fact that I didn't see that much energy from from the 15 minutes that we that we saw this morning. And we can only base it off 15 minutes because that's all we're, we're right. about to yeah. see. So, uh, yes, we will analyze and dive deep into what we actually can see because it's what we can base our observations off of. Otherwise, it's just uh, supposition and sensations, which is also part of the program. But, um, you know, we try to bring you obviously our insight to what we see at training. Uh, listen, again, I think it's just to keep things light, keep things uh, in a positive manner ahead of tomorrow's game. It's a big game, I'm sure, once we were removed. Actually, we got removed, guys. Uh, viewers, I can say listeners, viewers. We got removed right as they were at Golgana. They were playing the handball game, and it was I think it was 2-2, two to two, and they were like, Golgana, next one wins. And we, that's when we got removed, and we didn't get to find out which team won. Um, <laughs> but I imagine after we were removed and after the goal was scored, whoever scored it, that they got a little more tactical, a little more focused on the game plan against Orlando City. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and you're not going to have a in very intense session the day before you play, right? So mm. if, you're not going to have a very intense session. Jose, if those first you might not have a long session, but intensity should always be there. I don't. I think you probably had more of a walkthrough. You know, some passing, some like. But I don't think they went and were like, "All right, we're gonna." Push. How hot was it this morning, man? How hot has it been at these training sessions? I mean, you think they're really pushing them hard on a Tuesday morning before a Wednesday night game? I just, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. But I, I don't think the coaching staff went out and you know just told them relax, don't do enough, don't do a lot. Just you know, give us fifty percent, sixty percent, and then tomorrow give us hundred percent. I don't, I don't see that happening. I think you just always need to go out and you know, have the intensity, you can, you know, as I've interviewed several soccer, soccer players and, you know, they, they always talk about having the same mentality, whether you're playing uh, an official competition, friendlies or training, I just have the same mentality. And I think that's the right approach. So personally, I didn't like the energy, but then again, we only watched 15 minutes. So maybe that changed after we left. I didn't mind it. Let's, let's go back to the main point, which was Jordi Alba being present uh, at this training session and being here for the last couple of days. It's unclear whether he plays tomorrow night, whether he starts, whether he's in uniform, whether he makes the roster or the game day roster at all. Uh, I asked Tata Martino about that today. Uh, we will share a snippet from the press conference, a, a decent snippet, the actual full response from both Jordi and Tata. It is fully in Spanish. We will do our best to summarize afterwards, but let's play that here for you guys. This is what Jordi Alba and Tata Martino said about how Jordi's feeling physically and what his role could be on Wednesday night against Orlando City. Trabajé duro para, para poder competir ya cuando llegas aquí y, y bueno, eh, tenía ganas de, de entrenar con mis compañeros, de, de saber cómo, cómo eran personalmente, me han recibido espectacular, la verdad que, que soy muy feliz de estar aquí y, y bien, físicamente me encuentro bien, ¿no? seguro que con el paso de las semanas pues me encontraré mucho mejor, pero, pero bueno, eh, es un cambio climático eh, importante, pero... Eh, 
siento bien, con fuerza, con energía, sobre todo con mucha ilusión, que eso al final mentalmente es lo, que, es lo mejor que, que, que te da para, para poder estar feliz y, y competir bien y, y bien físicamente. Es cierto, Jordi ha trabajado desde hace aproximadamente 15 días este, en Barcelona, eh, comunicándose permanentemente tanto con Rodolfo como con Manuel, los profes del Inter. Eh, ha llegado en buenas condiciones, pero bueno, su llegada ha sido el día domingo, ha trabajado tanto el domingo como el lunes como hoy. Seguramente mañana definiremos, va a estar este contemplado dentro del grupo de futbolistas que estarán a disposición para, para enfrentar a Orlando. Mañana resolveremos en qué situación. Gracias. So, summarizing that, because it's a, it's a lengthy translation if we try to do a word for word. I mean, Tata says he's in consideration for the match day Ross. Right? He doesn't confirm that he's going to start, he doesn't confirm that he's going to play. Uh, you know, you, you made a, an astute observation after the press conference was over when we talked about this briefly in that, you know, there's not like people are dependent or waiting to see if Jordi Alba is going to play to buy tickets, right? Like, it's not like with Messi and Busquets when they, when they were on the brink of making their debuts, you know, people were, were, you know, were hinging on whether they were playing or not, whether to, to attend the game. I don't think that's largely the case for Jordi Alba as good of a player as he is, as great of a player as he is, um, So I think Tata was a little more conservative there in the response. I mean, what do you think? Do you think, based on what they said, and again, if you can summarize a little bit more of what they said there, Jordi said he's, you know, he feels fine physically, but with more time, um, you know, he, he surely will feel better. Um, you know, he did touch on the, the weather yeah, being yeah. a bit different and a bit more of a challenge. What do you think, Jose? Just reading between the lines, you know, interpreting it from your seat, Um, from your two eyes and your two ears, what do you think? Does Jordi Alba dress tomorrow? Does he start? Does he play? What What, what is his role against Orlando City? Yeah, I think he, I think he'll be I think he'll be in the roster. He'll be available for tomorrow. Um, but I can only see him play 10 minutes. You know, towards the end. Um, thankfully for Tata, you know, this is not a situation where if the match is tied, there there will be no extra time there would be no an extra 30 minutes to play so i would say he plays 10 15 minutes max and you know he he'll he'll be a good choice for a penalty if needed so i think i think he plays in the second half obviously i, I don't think starting i don't think that's not even part of a, the equation at this point so most likely he will start So, so we agree this time because, <laughs> well, I don't agree with that, but I, I, we agree. I think his role will be coming off the bench. I think he'll be in uniform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's been training in Barcelona on his own and, and with uh, a trainer over there. He's had a fitness plan and program that Inter Miami has given him. So he's been working on that. I think Tata Martino said 14 days, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's been doing work. It's not like he's just coming from inactivity, but Like Jordi says in that in that clip there, training on your own is not the same as training with the team and playing games. So I agree with you, 10-15 minute cameo off the bench late on to either give and remind me a boost uh, in the attack or to just help shore things up defensively either way. I think he does make his debut. I just don't think it'll be a lengthy game. I think they're going to, to work him a little bit more patiently. Right? The team, listen, it's probably a big drop-off from Jordi Alba to 
you know, no Allen, right? But I think Busquets and Messi, because of what they bring to the attack and the creativity that you need, I think they needed to play a bit more than maybe they were ready earlier than than the time plan or the the timeline is for for Jordi Alba. Um, you know, it does. It, there is a question there later on once he does get fit. You know, he's going to slide into the starting lineup, and then that means No Allen moves out. Um, you know, Busquets has come in. David Ruiz is coming out. I mean, what's going to happen to these younger players as these more veteran pieces and as some of these South American youngsters get brought into the fold, right? Like what, yeah. what's going to happen to the academy players that have been such a big talking point and such a positive for Inter Miami in a season that has been rough to this point in the year? They have to take a step back and that's that's no problem for them. That should be no problem for them. I mean, if we're completely honest here, you know, all of the youngsters that, you know, have been able to start for Inter Miami early this year, you know, that's everything happened way too fast for them. You know, it's not that easy. You know, you don't play a year or two and then you're a starter in the first team. You know, it's, it's not that. It, it, that's not the way it goes. They, they were in the right place at the right time. And like for Cremachi and, and Ruiz, you know, several injuries happened for them to get an opportunity and they did well, which is something that, you know, we should recognize and, and, and you know, it's a good sign for them moving forward. But if they don't play as much in, in the rest of the year, you know, they need to be doing the work in training. That's the most important thing for them. They need to continue to grow, to grow in training. And, you know, if the team wants to win this year, I don't see a way in which, you know, Ruiz, Kremashi, even Borgelin and some of the other guys that Noah Allen, I don't see them as starters or, you know, playing big roles. You know, they just need to continue to develop. I think it's way too early for them. I think the one that you will be off on, and this is not necessarily because I disagree with you, but just from what I've heard in and around Inter-Miami, I think Benjamin Kremaski will continue to play a big role. Maybe a little bit less, but I think he's going to have a, a, continue to have a big role. Do you overall. think he will be starting okay. if, if, Coco, if Coco, if Stefanelli was available, when Facundo becomes available... Do you think there's a spot for Benja in the starting 11? There's no way. Listen, from what I've heard, Inter-Miami is really, really high on Benjamin Kremaski. Like, it, from within the staff, within the organization, they're very high on him. Very high on him. Whether you agree with that or not, and everyone can have their opinion. I mean, I do. I don't know what yours is. But they're very high on him. And probably higher on him than they are with the other ones. Um, and, you know, so that's for sure. I think they have shown Argentine American. He's Argentine American. Uh, you know, he, he's drawing interest from Europe. Uh, you know, you see him, he gets, he gets a lot of love on the social media channels and a lot of pictures of him. And, you know, they, they try to make him like he's one of the other ones, but you see that they're trying to push him a little bit more, right? Like how, how many pictures you see of Noah Allen, uh, or David Ruiz. I mean, I think you see Benjamin Kremaski a little bit more in, in the spotlight. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah. So, from what I've heard, they're really, really high. Really, really I high. I just don't think yeah. he has enough to compete with the other guys. I mean, right I'm now. curious to see what happens when Diego Gomez uh, is, is ready to play. I'm curious to see then what happens with Benjamin Kremaski. But from 
what I'm hearing, it's it's going to he's going to. Continue. There's no shame. There's no shame in Benha, Ruiz, Noah going to the bench. You know, there's just no shame in that. It doesn't mean that you know they're not going to develop into much better players than what they are right now. You know, what, is, the, I think the start is solid for them. It's a solid start, but you know, it's when you bring players of Sergio Busquets caliber, then if you're David Ruiz, you shouldn't feel bad about him coming over and taking your spot in the starting 11. You know, the, the, the right approach should be great. He's here. I'm going to watch him every day. I'm going to train with him every day. I'm going to try to get as close as I can to him, learn from him every single day. And maybe at some point, you know, I can play at his level. You know, that's the best, that's the best approach. I mean, absolutely. It, it, absolutely. They're going to, they're getting a crash course in top quality that other people their age would love to have, would dream to have. Right. Now, of course, now it changes a little bit when you've been getting some playing time and you've been in the spotlight and you've scored a goal here um, and, and, had, and felt that and competed. You want to get back to that, right? Like get, losing that is definitely not something you want, but it's going to be an product of the incoming additions. So I agree. With I think you. it's. I'll take a step back. Yeah. And that's a matter of working your way back up to being in, in contention for more to play in time. I think this is where, you know, the support system becomes really, really important. The people that you have around you, you know, people around Ruiz, people around. Uh, Benha, they really should be talking to them and letting them know, listen, this is an opportunity for you. Whether you play five minutes on Saturday or you play 60 minutes, whatever happens during the week, that's where you're, that, that, that's your game. That's, that's where you need to continue to grow. If, if they have those people with that message around them, they should be fine. But if they have people... You know, tell them you should be starting. I don't know why they're doing this. They're horrible with you. They're treating you wrong. Then you know you're gonna run into trouble because it's gonna be a, a very small group of people that will agree with that. I think you know, as much as everybody likes to see youngsters on the field and especially academy players, I think you know it's 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 long term for them. It's long term. It's not about yes. making it to the playoffs this year. You know, it's it's about developing. It's about becoming a better player. Los entornos son importantes. Yeah. Los entornos son bastante importantes. The, the inner circles and everyone's uh, close-knit uh, group, you know, there's their inner circles, that's very important um, and how they help manage uh, the careers and the highs and lows. This is an interesting question from Cara. And he says, y Harvey pa fuera? Question mark. So, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a fair, listen, I think it's a fair question and I think it hasn't been talked about uh, just generally speaking enough. And I get why some people would steer clear of the topic because Harvey Neville is Phil Neville's son, right? But Harvey Neville is still a player on this roster. He's still a first-team player. He's a professional player. It's a fair talking point to say, look, he hasn't gotten much playing time since the coaching change happened. Um, you know, the fact that you saw Israel Boatwright get minutes over him uh, in a recent MLS match, when Israel Boltwright doesn't have an MLS contract, I think that says a lot about where, where Harvey stands in the pecking order at right back under this group, under this technical staff. I mean, what does the future hold for him? I don't know if it's in South Florida, but I mean, you know, he could also be dealing with the emotions of, you know, yeah. his, his dad being let go. I mean, 
it's not just the, you know always about the X's and O's and, and the soccer or the football. You know, there's also um, emotions behind it. You know, I like to say when I like debate with people, these aren't these aren't video game characters. These are real people with emotions. You know, stresses. Um, so maybe that there's something at that at play here. But I think when you see Israel Boatwright get into a game, and Harvey Neville does it when they're both on the bench and both options. I think that that says a lot about where his standing is. So I don't know if he has uh, much of a future here uh, with the team. Well, it's a very difficult situation for him. Like, honestly, you know, obviously he's a professional, but, you know, it's his dad. I mean, it's, it's extremely, extremely rare. And, um, you know, with, with, with the way everything happened, you know, Phil getting fired five days before they announced Messi or Messi made an announcement, um, you know, hearing comments from his teammates about his dad, you know, go back to Pizarro, what he said, and, um, you know, who knows what else he, he heard on the locker room. So it's a, it's a very difficult situation. So I'm not surprised that he's not playing. I would just like to have a little bit of more clarity as to what's going through his mind at this point. Because obviously, you know, he wants to continue to play. It's not a situation where, okay, my dad is gone, so I'm just going to leave the team. No. I mean, he's, he's Harvey. He's not Phil. So he still has an opportunity here. But, you know, it's it's just really unfortunate. And I guess this is the reason why, you know, whenever you have a coach – and, and a son in the same team, these are one of the things that, you know, you, you get concerned by, you know, what if everything goes wrong, then who's, who's, who's going to get the worst part. And I think Harvey's getting the worst part at this point. So let's talk about one more player before we wrap up. We're, we're, we're heading close to the hour mark, which I've, I've enjoyed this gotten a lot more uh, in the flow of it than we, than I felt in the beginning, which I like. So I imagine with more reps, this will get, uh, easier and a little more fun um, for me, but this is a new experience. But um, let's let's talk about Joseph Martinez a little, little bit more because he is a player who has history with Orlando City from his days with Atlanta United, and he's been a common terror for them, a common nightmare. I asked him last week before we knew who was playing or who Inter Miami was playing in this uh, round of 32 knockout match. You know what he would think about potentially playing Orlando City because it was a possibility then. We knew it was one of the three options in Miami, uh, or one of the three opponents in Miami could have. So, this is what Joseph Martinez said again. It's in Spanish, it's pretty brief, so we'll translate directly here. But this is what Joseph Martinez said last week after the win against Atlanta United about playing Orlando City. <laughs> <laughs> so nice and short and sweet he says si me gustaría with a big smile on his face which means yes I would like that so Joseph Martinez got his wish he hasn't scored yet in these two games that he's played alongside Messi and listen he came off the bench with Messi against Cruz Azul he started with Messi in the game against Atlanta United clearly he is the preferred option to play alongside Messi I think I think that's obvious. I think you agree with that. Um, so I think he starts tomorrow. Does he score? That's the question. Does Joseph Martinez get on the scoreboard against a team he has hmm. history with? Another start for him. Is he due for one? Is it going to happen for him tomorrow against 
his uh, arch nemesis from many years ago? I'm going to say yes. I think it's course. <laughs> you're like smiling. Why are you smiling? Why are you? You're because I've been that. critical. I've been critical of Joseph. I've been critical we of Joseph. Have. I mean, I think we all have, you know? Yeah. And I think we're right on being critical. You know, I think he's not performing. And I think Campana should play. But knowing that that is not going to happen and that Tata will play Joseph, I think Messi will find a way to make it happen. <laughs> so, uh, so it's I gonna don't be think it's going to be. Yes. Yes. I don't think it's going to be mainly because of Joseph, but I think it's going to be Messi finding a way to, to get him involved. So I, I don't think he'll give a penalty to him though, <laughs> or a free kick, but I think he he'll feed him a ball, right place, right time, and Joseph will tap it in, and then he'll get on the board. I think he'll score tomorrow. I think Joseph Martinez scores tomorrow. I think it's just written in the stars, man. I think you know he's due for one, playing alongside Messi. You know he'll he'll have a chance at some point, and I think I think like you said, he'll he'll put it away. I think uh, it's just going to work out that way. Sometimes the stories write themselves, and I think tomorrow that storyline will write itself for Joseph Martinez. Uh, you know, maybe he has a big game. Maybe he has more than one goal. But depends. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Joseph Martinez shows up as well because a lot of this year you've seen, I won't say an inactive Joseph Martinez, but not as dangerous, not as lethal of a Joseph Martinez. So yeah. I, know Simon, I know Simon on the podcast last week was saying, you know, that it's not his role to score and he's playing a different type of role, which I don't agree with, especially as a striker. Listen, if you're any one of the forward players, whether you're playing two strikers, whether you're one striker, whether you have wingers, if you're any of those frontline players, you're tasked with creating goals, either scoring them or assisting on them, right? Like that's what your production is based off of. You might have other roles and responsibilities and you might need to track back and you might need to do this and that and that and this. But you're there to help put the ball in the back of the net. So that's what you will be judged off of ultimately. And Joseph Martinez hasn't been great at that this year. Now, we don't have that clip, or we don't have to share it here with you guys. But he did say last week in uh, post-game interviews after beating Atlanta United that you know the difference is now that the ball is getting to him, whereas before it wasn't getting to him. And I don't know if I really agree with that because there were times earlier in the season where he had – really good looks, and yeah. he didn't put them away. And yeah, I don't true. think with Messi and Busquets, he's had that many clear-cut opportunities. I remember one uh, against Cruz Azul that he shot, or maybe it was against Atlanta United. Actually, one against Atlanta United, they shot high and wide on the left in the first half. And then he did have one in the second half where he selflessly passed to Robert Taylor for what could have been Robert Taylor's hat trick. And Robert Taylor shot it left-footed too close to the middle, and, and the goalkeeper made the save. So no, no Robert Taylor hat trick would have been an assist for Joseph there. Um, but I don't think he's had that much service. Um, and where before he was getting a little bit maybe more service because he was seeing more of the ball because there wasn't a creative force like Messi in there, but he wasn't finishing. All that to be said, I think he scores tomorrow. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he gets on the board. I don't think he'll score. I don't think he's gonna get into a good run and score consistently for the team. But, you know, tomorrow it's Orlando. Yeah, I can see him scoring. Broward Heron says, I'm begging Tata de Campana a chance with Messi. This Joseph Bias is killing me as an Ecuadorian. Broward Heron, I am with you, my friend. 
Yes. Although, although Jose is not Ecuadorian. Jose is a No, I'm not Honduran. Ecuadorian. I'm Catracho. Catracho, a proud, proud Honduran. All right, Jose. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Do you want to talk about ticket sales or ticket prices again? Because I thought they were going down. Now they're back to like 200 bucks uh, before this midweek match. I mean, I thought they were going to make progress in terms of reducing yeah. prices, and then it's skyrocketed right back up. Well, maybe that's high demand. I think we have to go back and check the prices, you know, when they when they initially the tickets initially came out, you know. Resale prices can be a little bit tricky. Wait, am I listening Kenwin Jones? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. We got am a I... Kenwin Jones reference in the That's good. That's good. That's good. That's, that's a throwback, awesome. man. That's a throwback. Yeah, that's a throwback. I like I don't that. know I if like every, I don't know if everyone in the in the comments actually knows who that is. That, that's Blast from the past. Kenry Jones. Yes. Solid player. Crazy, but solid. So, yeah, tickets, you know, concerning. A concerning situation, you know, Inter-Miami went to just over 20,000 in the Cruz Azul game to just over 19,000 in the Atlanta United game. You know, you don't want that game, that number going lower and lower and lower. But if they don't want that to happen, you know, again, just like I said, you know, last week, it's an easy fix. Just, you know... Lower the prices. You know, it's cheaper to go and watch Real Madrid Juve than, you know, watch uh, Inter Miami Orlando City tomorrow, which is crazy. Which is wild, right? It's wild. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Look, we got a guy that says, Franco, I bought my tickets at 10 a.m., $60 before fees, before rival was confirmed. Well, that, that was that was good. You know, that's 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 a smart. Made out like a bandit. Made out like a bandit. But yeah, once once the rival was confirmed and there was less days in between, those tickets have gone through the roof. And I think this is just the inner Miami tickets, not even the the resale tickets. I think people are trying to just sell the tickets they bought at face value just to not lose money here because tickets are are incredibly high, uh, incredibly high. I mean, how how could you go to all these games um, at these prices unless? You know, you, you, you're very well off. I mean, and you maybe don't have a family or you do have a family. I don't know, man. It's, it's we, we talked about it in the last pod. We don't have to keep diving into it here, but it's a little mind-boggling that the prices are continuously high, that they've gone back up when it looked like they were going the other way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that will change when, when we go back to MLS play. You know, Maybe. Maybe. There's not that yeah. many games left in the regular season, and you know all the away right. games, they're charging – you know, crazy prices because it's the one time Messi's coming to right. town. But the away uh, games are different, though. You know, I, I I've heard I've read something about Chicago Fire. You know, having you know their ticket their ticket prices are as well higher than what they're used to for the Messi game. And then again, I keep telling people about the last game of the season in, in Charlotte. <laughs> Don't buy those tickets. I mean, if if if, if Inter Miami is not in contention. Uh, I just don't see Messi playing that game. So, what it's, if it's a high risk? Let's let's start wrapping up here. But yeah, let's let's go home. But we are home. You're home, and I'm home. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> you're telling me that if that game matters, no, oh, if it doesn't play. matter, if well, it if matters, he plays. Matter. Of course, but if it does matter, he's playing. Yes, turf or no turf, he's playing. Right? Yes. Yes. So. I mean, if it doesn't, he's not. True. That's true. That's true. I agree. So at I this agree. point, most likely, it's not going to matter. Uh, I don't One know, thing man. is League's Cup. <laughs> One thing is League's Cup. And it's going to be different when you go on the what, road. What weren't you and I? I'm, 
Andrea's not here. Weren't you and Andrea the ones and listeners and viewers and everyone here can back me up on this? Weren't you and Andrea the ones raving about the Liga MX level and how it was going to be a higher level than what Inter Miami well, gets in MLS? Did and- you see what happened with Cruz Azul? Cruz Azul play at a much higher level than Atlanta did. Sure, but you're not. But you're saying there's like no chance for them to, you know, dominate through MLS. Listen, I was skeptical of them being able to get. You know, I think the math that I did was. Oh, so you think Inter Miami will make the playoffs? The no, host it. Host is host is always going too far. Always going. That's, too that's far. what you're saying. That's right not now. what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm telling you, they're not making the playoffs. Okay, so you're saying it right there and there in front of everyone right now here, on the they're not making first the playoffs. No. Football radio TV show. No chance. Okay. No chance they make Zero. the playoffs. Zero, Zero chance. chance of making the playoffs. All right. You guys heard it here. This I'm going to clip this, and we're going to put it on social <laughs> media so that at the end of the Go season, ahead. you may have to eat your words. Um, I don't Listen, I won't say there's a high chance, but when you see how they dominate Atlanta United. You I know mean, Messi's leaving, right, in September. That's fine. That's what? One, two games? You. One, two games? Okay, do you think they can afford to lose two games? Who said they're going to lose those games? They still have Busquets. They I mean, come have... on now. <laughs> well, if Spain they don't have Messi or Busquets, up... they go back to being the same team that we is had Spain, before. Is Spain going to call up Busquets and be like, hey, we need you for this window? Well, come on, if Messi, that... yes. Messi, yes. Busquets, he might still be around. And with him and Jordi Alba, Jordi probably would get called up. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We still have No, Jetlin probably we got to see some of the young guys and how they integrate to the group and how, what they bring and how what they add to the team. You also, oh, at that point, at that point, might have Gregory back. You know, I saw a comment about Gregory um, and what's the latest with him. Listen, Gregory is making his way back. We saw him today again with the trainer out on the field doing some running. So he's closing in on his return. Gene Mota apparently is not too far behind either. So Jose. So this, they are making team, the playoffs. You that's said not it. what I'm saying. You Jose. said it. That's they are making the playoffs. That's not what I'm in saying. 2023, sitting in last place, they will make the playoffs, according to Franco Paniso. <laughs> uh, you got to share this one with Andrea from Cada. And he says, facts, Andrea didn't respond to the tweet. She actually did. She quote tweeted it, but she didn't respond directly. She kind of like took it and did her own thing with it. But um, uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, all right. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to make it. But I think they have a much better chance than I would have given them a month. You're ago. backing up now. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I, I think they have more of a chance. I think they have more of a chance now. But, Zero right. chance. Let's let's leave it there for this first Miami Total Football Radio slash TV slash show. I don't know. We we might have to rename this. I don't know if we can name it. No, radio. it's still gonna be radio, right? You're you're gonna upload it to all the platforms. So yeah, but if people are watching us, are we still radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's have people be, people decide. It could be Miami Total Football Show. I know I would miss the rolling of the R's. I would miss that staple. It has been around since twenty twenty. No, we gotta keep absolutely. it. Uh, you gotta you gotta figure something out. This is all a work in progress. <laughs> this is all. But after a good start, progress. I think. I I hope I hope that the people that tuned in and I hope the people that watch this um, were entertained as well as they were informed a little bit. We will get better. I promise. Um, as time goes along, as we get more used to it, as I get more used to this whole thing, um, this is a brand new experience and venture for me. Jose is a little bit more used to it. Look, he's got the background all pretty. He's like, well, like framed. I'm still working on all of it. So 
Um, bear with us. I'm still trying to figure out my situation. I bought this light thing here really quickly, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll show you guys. I don't even know how to turn this thing on. Oh, it's blue, so it doesn't even work. It's not even like what? <laughs> so I look like uh, an avatar or a Smurf. So I was like, you know what? We're gonna have no light here. We're gonna have no light. So, but I do, I do really appreciate. And Kyla just mentioned it here in the comment section. I do really appreciate, and uh, of course, thank you guys for listening, tuning in, watching. And I like that we can interact with you guys. That's something that we couldn't do yeah, on awesome. Miami Total Football Radio because we recorded it and it was done off air, right? It wasn't live. So the fact that we are able to do that um, is awesome. And I really enjoy that aspect of it. Again, I'll try to get better at clicking on the comments and running through them while also staying focused on Jose. It'll help once we have more of the team in as well because we'll have more people talking. Yeah, um, we need to have El Primo back for at least one more time with video now. <laughs> uh, Simon, of course, and and Andrea. People are gonna. People have been waiting for her. I, we've got. We're, we're going to try to get them on on Thursday. So that this this was announced today on Twitter, but I didn't. Again, brand new to this. Didn't really know how to set it up to have it like showing on uh, on YouTube to like give you the notice that hey, we're going on live at, at this time. Um, but now I know how to do that. So for Thursday, I don't know the time just yet because it depends on my co-hosts' schedules. But Thursday night, we will have a show. And we yeah, will, will have it on Thursday. Rewind and analyze um, what takes place tomorrow night at DraftKings Stadium between Inter Miami and Orlando City in the Sunshine Classico, El Clasico del Sol. Definitely not the turnpike, whatever you called it earlier. <laughs> um, but all right, let's leave it there for now. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys. We will get better as this, as this uh, venture goes on. But we'll wish you a good night and we'll talk to you guys soon.